The Red 78. I think it's important that people don't expect too much because it takes time when you come back. It's not just the injury, it's all the other stuff. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. All right, you're welcome back to Thursday's Off The Ball. Uh, if you miss Pat Ryan and Anthony Nash, you can listen back to the full podcast. Just get onto the OTB GAA stream wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, loads of good stuff up there. If it's hurling you're looking for, there is two episodes of the hurling pod from this week with Will and the lads. Uh, great stuff from the football pod also with James and Paddy and Tommy and some great analysis from Colin Boyle from Monday nights. So all that waiting for you right now. Uh, in the Europa League, it's Manchester United 1, Real Betis one with around 40 minutes gone at Old Trafford United went in front on 6 minutes Marcus Rashford with a brilliant finish from about 12 yards out smashed it into the roof of the net very calm finish from Rashford for a unchanged Manchester United from the defeat against Liverpool uh, but Real Betis have come back into it United quite dominant in possession but then a mistake Casemiro gave the ball away and a beautiful finish from a Yosi Perez remember him of Leicester City and Newcastle United uh, over on the right hand angle of the penalty here and smashed low right in off the far post beat David De Gea so heading towards half time Manchester United won Real Betis won earlier it finished 2-2 between Sporting Lisbon and Arsenal and West Ham 2-0 winners against Larnaca in the Europa Conference League uh, not going particularly well for the Irish at the Players Championship uh, Seamus Power won over par he is through 6 holes of his o- opening round Shane Lowry 3 over par through 10 Rory McIlroy finished up on 4 over par Chad Ramey uh, pretty much an unknown PGA Tour player leads the way on 8 under par one shot clear of Colin Marikawa now though we want to turn our attention to the WSL and a huge weekend in the WSL with the top 2 in the table clashing on Sunday with Chelsea take on Manchester United uh, to chat about this delighted to be joined by Rachel Sullivan from Girls on the Ball how are you keeping Rachel? Very well, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad. So before we talk about what's going to come up this weekend, last night the two teams that were in the Conti Cup final were back in action. Uh, Arsenal, the winners, uh, a good win for them. Chelsea had a victory as well. Is this a a two-horse race for the league between Chelsea and Manchester United or are Manchester City and Arsenal still in this? City three points behind United, Arsenal six points behind United but with a game in hand. I think it's still a four horse race and um, you know they have to play each other still as well and it's it's really hard to read you know we've been used to Man United in the past kind of doing well at the beginning of the season and fading in the second half and so far that hasn't happened and um, you know Chelsea are serial winners Manchester City have formed for creeping up the league um, without people really looking over their shoulder when they should be um, and of course Arsenal are still in there fighting for Champions League so I don't think it's a two horse race yet. Arsenal have some momentum now as well, having been beaten by Chelsea after the international break, a really strong response in the Conti Cup final. Uh, it was interesting, Emma Hayes' comments afterwards, a little bit of complacency she felt in that Chelsea performance. Uh, did last night's victory for Chelsea in the league, does that erase the memories of Sunday? Was there any signs of complacency last night? Was this a, a rejuvenated Chelsea that beat Brighton? It's, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, they did, of course, dominate the match, um, but you would expect that when they're playing Brighton. But it was quite a change side from the side we saw against Arsenal. 
Um, but I'd say they very much put that that Conti Cup final to bed. Um, they've still got a lot to play for. They've still got the league to play for, the FA Cup. They're still in Champions League. So I think they'll very much have turned their, their heads to that and tried to put it behind them. Um, they knew a win uh, last night was so important, obviously not just for keeping their title hopes going, but knowing they're coming up against Manchester United at the weekend and getting that winning, getting winning ways again. So, you know... It's, it's, I wouldn't take too much from last night's game, to be totally honest, just because I think it's going to be a very different game to this weekend and it was a very different game to the previous weekend, but important nonetheless for them to be getting wins again. Is Chelsea-Arsenal the biggest rivalry in the WSL now? I'd, I'd like to think so. I mean, I think the, the Manchester derbies are pretty big as well, mm. but, you know... Arsenal-Chelsea, there's always some spice to that game. Um, I, I just thought Emma Hayes' comments made... after the game were so interesting. When I read yes. them initially, when she spoke about complacency, I thought, that's fair enough. Uh, all conquering Chelsea, they get beaten by Arsenal. She's acknowledging her players weren't at it. She's speaking to the dressing room more than anything else. But uh, she, I didn't watch the interview and uh, the extended interview where she must have m- mentioned 10 times about all the trophies that Chelsea had won. We've just won so many trophies. We've just won, you know, when you win as many trophies as we have, this is what happens. Uh, there was most definitely a Arsenal are here celebrating. It's a League Cup. Talk to us about the league. Talk to us about the FA Cup. Talk to us about the Champions League. These are the things that we're interested in. Yes, there, there's definitely an edge to that. And I think Emma Hayes hates nothing more than losing to Arsenal. And um, that is very, very obvious. And I think, you know, the, the, the comments were telling. I think she was also caught off guard maybe a little bit and maybe wasn't quite prepared to be coming out and speaking about a loss. You know, she kind of mentioned as well that there was nothing really she could do uh, on the side of the pitch when she saw that her players weren't at it. She kind of maybe threw her team under the bus a little bit. Um, so, yeah, the, the comments were certainly interesting. And I think it is it is because of that rivalry. There is always something there. We've seen comments from managers in, in previous fixtures between Arsenal and Chelsea and how they've kind of bitten back at each other in the media. So, yeah, there's always, there's always an extra level to that fixture. Yeah, she obviously has her own history with Arsenal as well. I'm wondering uh, how much of that was in the... Katie McCabe rumours around January as well that would this destabilise Arsenal because it did feel as though it was a very bad transfer window in the end for Arsenal obviously decimated with the loss of of Meath and Miedema but all the talk about Russo, Katie McCabe potentially leaving the club and in the end McCabe ends up staying, Russo doesn't arrive, they're looking a bit lacking up top and you sort of wonder was was it a happy camp for a few weeks there? Yeah, that window didn't go well for Arsenal and um, the Katie McKay rumour and transfer bid um, that came out of it wasn't actually a rumour, I think, was was a big surprise, I think, to a lot of people. Um, but there was no way Arsenal were going to let her go. There was just no chance of that happening. Um, I think no matter how much Chelsea bid for her, um, but it was a really interesting move from Emma Hayes and, and definitely one that probably, yeah, like you said, maybe destabilised Arsenal just a little bit. Um, so maybe there were some tactics in that. The Alessio Russo one was a really interesting one because, of course, they did allegedly offer Stina Blackstenius as part of that deal, um, which hasn't wouldn't have done a lot for the, the strikers' confidence. She'd, she'd been struggling for form in front of goal already. And then to have that come out that her team were trying to fob her off to Manchester United to get Russo in wouldn't have helped. Um, but she scored in the Conte Cup semi-final against Manchester City in extra time. She scored in the Conte Cup final, a great goal, and she scored again last night. So that is what Arsenal are going to want to see because they have really been struggling in front of goal. Is the expectation that Chelsea will go back in for Katie McCabe in the summer? 
Potentially, because, you know, I think that we are going to see some players leave Chelsea in the summer. There's been some rumours around Ericsson and Harder. Um, this maybe hasn't been the most settled Chelsea team that we've seen. We're so used to them being such a cohesive bunch. Um, we're so used to, you know, your substitutes coming off the bench seamlessly. Um, and that hasn't really been the case for Chelsea this season. And despite being back to second in the league now and still in Champions League, it's not been their best in terms of performances. Um, so it's it's always been a difficult job. And Emma Hayes has done a very good job of keeping a lot of stars happy in her team. Um, but, you know, there are rumblings and rumours of players potentially looking to move. So they could, if if Ericsson goes and, and Ericsson has kind of been moved between centre-back and left full-back, um, there could potentially be a position there for Katie McCabe. Um, you know, they'd be very lucky to have her, I think, at the club. It wouldn't be a far move for her. But, you know, maybe that was also a case of the fact that she wasn't getting a huge amount of playing time at Arsenal. So... Maybe she's going to stake her claim. Steph Catley's looking to be injured for a couple of games. It's, I don't know, it's moving parts. But I think at the moment she she appears to be and always has appeared to be a gunner through and through. But, um, you know, Chelsea's definitely tempting. So this game on Sunday, uh, half 12 kickoff, Chelsea against Manchester United. United on 35 points, Chelsea on 34 points. But Chelsea have a game in hand. Both these sides have only lost once in the league all season. How are you calling it? I feel like Chelsea are serial winners. Um, they're the only side Manchester United haven't beaten in a competitive fixture. Um, you know, United have gotten one over on on the other teams, uh, the other top teams. They're in the best position to beat them than they've ever been, I think. Um, I think it might be a, a very close match. Um, and you never know. I feel a lot of it's going to come down to mentality. Chelsea are known as the mentality monsters. They know how to get across the line even when they're not playing well. But that loss in the Conti Cup final is not that long ago um, it's, a, it's a really tough one to call to be honest I like my head says my head says Chelsea will pull it out of the bag my heart says United might get one over on them this time uh, One last thing Vera Powell uh, interesting comments uh, off the back of a Karen Duggan article in the Irish Times which I think uh, sort of followed on from her comments on Koi Gig about Ireland's style of football saying that our manager should abandon the low block trust her central defenders and set Katie McCabe and Denise O'Sullivan free uh, Vera Powell told reporters yesterday at a Sky International Women's Day event that she's a bit disappointed especially hearing it from a player who's retired uh, I'm sure if you have enough insight in the game, you think, hmm, for example, Denise and Katie being too far away from each other, they're probably too close to each other because Denise is literally five minutes away from Katie. So actually, it's the opposite and goes deep, uh, in fairness to Vera Powell, into her belief in her system. It's interesting because we have got to a stage where everyone wants to get to now around this team where it's not about facilities, it's not about resources. There's actually a good insight into the tactics of this group and Ireland are incredibly strong defensively but now as we get closer to the World Cup people are questioning how are they going to score enough goals to win games in a knockout competition uh, it doesn't sound as though Vera Powell is going to change tack anytime soon I I can't see her doing that to be honest um, I think she's fairly set in her ways with what's gotten Ireland so far which I can understand Um but it is a different kettle of fish when you're in a tournament. You you need to be scoring goals and they're going to be coming up against some tough, tough opposition. Um, but we've seen them do it against Australia before. They know they can. Uh, but I agree, like, that's that's probably the area that would be the most concerning is where are the goals going to come from. Um, but yeah, I can't, to be honest, see her, her changing her tactics. And I think it might also be relatively new for her to then for people to start delving into that side of things you know we've talked a lot about 
how far they come and how historic it is. But people are going to get into the nitty gritty now and start questioning that area of the game. Um, so they're, they're going to need to be ready for that. All right, Rachel, great stuff. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Cheers.